that you decided to join me today and um, I can promise you a remarkable time today. I'm so excited that you're here and we are going to center today's podcast on a word and that word is release. (sighs) Big sigh, just relax your shoulders, get comfy and We're going to take a journey and we're going to talk about what it means to really release and why you need to release, why it's important for you to release. So before we get going, let's just go to what the definition of release is. And dictionary.com says it's to free from confinement, bondage, obligation, or pain to let something go. It also says to free anything from, to be free from anything that restrains or fastens, etc. One of the other words that I love in um, subsequent definition is liberation from anything that restrains. And I think that word liberation is really salient. So I want you to keep that one in your memory banks as we go through the journey today. So settle down in your favorite comfy chair. Grab your favorite beverage and uh, let's get going because I'm going to tell you a story. So back in 2007, I started what um, would become my, you know, continued spiritual walk, but the most recent um, and intense part of my journey um, really around my truth my purpose, spirituality, um, honoring myself. It's just been a a phenomenal journey. And I talked a little bit about that in the last podcast, and I can promise you more stories as we go along together. Um, But each year, instead of doing, instead of setting um, some New Year's resolutions, I look at, look more around intentions. Um, And in 2017 in particular, I made a decision that I was going to consciously release some things and I called it shed. So each year I pick a word, there's like a word, sometimes it's a short phrase, but like word of the year, like what is it that I intend to deliver for the year? And in 2017 it was shed. And so I'm going to read what shed meant. And I just ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Imagine it's 2017. I'm sitting peacefully. I've just kind of finished centering myself, thinking about my intentions for the year, reflecting back on 2016. Where had I been? What things did I want to accomplish in 2017? What things was I determined to move away from? What things was I moving towards? And here is what I said. Shed negative images. Shed harmful habits. Shed old thinking. Shed pointless protection pounds. Shed wasteful worry. Shed scared inaction. 
shed light into dark places. Shed hopelessness for happiness. Shed destructive distrust. Shed extra self-think. Shed gloom. Shed wasted days. And shed the practice of watering the weeds. So this is how I started my journey in 2017. It was pretty good if I do say so myself. And let's talk about a couple of these because I'm sure as you were closing your eyes listening to me share what I determined I was going to shed in 2017, there's probably a couple that you were curious about. So negative images, this, this, this thing of what stories you're telling yourself, what things are you reminding yourself of, what, what are you telling yourself about who you are, and getting rid of those images because they don't belong to me. Some of those things are things that the world has manifested and I decided to take on. Some are stories that I built up for myself and then I just designed these images to go along with them and I was determined to let go of those things. And it's been a journey, trust me. It didn't take, you know, um, a day or two for me to create all of these things that were, that were part of who I had become. And so certainly it takes time to unwind those things. And I think it's important that you recognize that wherever you are in your journey, that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so things will take time for you to be able to make shifts. And that's okay, as long as you are determined and you're focused about what it is that you're doing to move away from it. Harmful habits, pretty obvious old thinking, same thing, like what is, you know, am I, am I using my growth mindset or a fixed mindset? And I am I'm passionate about having a growth mindset and checking myself in places where I lean to the fixed because I think we have to be in a constant state of growth, learning curious questions so that we can evolve as who we are and we can grow our perspective. You know that I say perspective changes everything and that is that quote is really, really important to me. It is absolutely the foundation of what I believe. Um, and so because of that, you've got to get rid of old thinking. So I know you heard me say pointless protection pounds and you were like, what did she say? Can she say that again? Can she say it's lower? What does that mean? And so in a really vulnerable moment, what I would share is that over the years, I gained a lot of weight. Um, and for pro a good portion of my adult life, I kind of vacillated back and forth between intense exercise and, um, really managing my weight and to just deciding that I just was going to let it go. And in hindsight, what I know is over the last several years, that I allowed my weight to be the thing that allowed me to stay behind the curtain. So just imagine, you know, there's this big, beautiful stage and, you know, you have somebody who's just kind of like peeking out from the side of the curtain, kind of protected by it, you know, really looking out at that center of the stage because they knew that they belonged there, but staying back behind the curtain because it was safe. And for me, I call them the pointless protection pounds because here's the thing. The reality is whatever God has planned for you is going to come to pass, right? So at some point you're going to have to own up to this is this is point and purpose. And if that spot on the center stage, that star that's out there uh, right in the middle, right in, right beneath that big spotlight is my place to be, then eventually I'm going to have this tension that I just can't continue to fight and I'm going to have to go out there. 
And so I call them the protection pounds because they allowed me to stay in the safety of standing behind the curtain. And I realized in 2017 that I was no longer going to be able to fight that and I had to do something different. Now, it's taken me some years to really lean in and and um, aggressively release the weight. But I will tell you, this was the beginning of my journey and self-love and questions about the decisions that I was making that led me to, um, to being overweight and um, that kept me comfortable there. So that was a really big piece. Wasteful worry is all about just this time we spend worrying about things and thinking about things and ruminating. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking about um, the, the rear view mirror versus um, your windshield, your front windshield. And what she said, Tammy, she's like, you know, the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror for a reason. First and foremost, if you're driving a car, one would hope you're looking forward. <laughs> but it's bigger. You're, you're intended to spend more time focused there, looking forward, looking at the road ahead of you, and less time looking in your rear view mirror. But the rear view mirror serves a good purpose. It reminds you of where you've been. But you would take a glance at it and then you go right back to the windshield so you can pay attention to the road in front of you. And when we are spending time in worry, what we are not doing is using the windshield. We are focused on that rear view mirror. And the reality is you can't control what's behind you, but you can control the direction you're driving in. And that was her point. And so thank you for that, Tammy. That was a beautiful gem. Um, Tammy, my sans, one of my best friends, my sister, just love her dearly. And she is wise beyond her years. She'll be on the podcast at some point in the future and you'll have an opportunity to hear for yourself. But, um, but I'm sure you can, you can identify, um, with her windshield and a rear view mirror example. Scared in action is this whole piece around being tucked behind that curtain and being like, yeah, I don't know if I want to come out there. I think I should. It would really be great if, but then not actually doing something about it. And, you know, it's almost worse to know that there is an opportunity for you and to not move than there is to not even realize it. At least if you don't realize it, you can feign ignorance. But when you know and you're just not moving because you're scared, you got to challenge yourself on why. God would tell you, what, can, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And... I use this quite a bit um, as I, you know, coach and, and connect with people because the reality is we get to determine our altitude. And a lot of times we're so fearful of what could happen that instead, if we could just take that energy and focus it on what we're trying to make happen, we could shift things in its entirety. And so this inaction piece for me is just a place where I, an address that I didn't want to live at anymore. Um, I'm going to skip ahead, but just the, the destructive distrust. Here's the thing. The distrust was not of others. It was of myself. Am I really able to do that? Could it possibly be that I could do that, that I could be successful with that thing, that I could bring that vision to life, that I could go to that place, that I could shift this thinking, that I could lose weight, that I could, you know, whatever those pieces were. I just continue to tell my stories, things about myself that, uh, that led to distrust rather than 
investing and trusting myself and then testing and learning and testing and learning until I created enough momentum that I really had belief in my system and I could just speed forward. And that's some of the shift that's happened over the last year or so for me. The extra self-think is this rumination. I mean, just like exhausting myself. At night I would go to bed and um, I might be laying there for hours like, why have I not fallen asleep yet? Why? Because your brain's so busy just ruminating, going on and on and on and on and on endlessly. Wasted days, you get it. And then watering the weeds. So let's talk about that for a second. To be clear, I don't have a green thumb and I am not a gardener and um, yeah, so that that is true. But the one thing I do know is that if you want weeds to be gone, you don't water them. Watering the weeds is investing in the things that are killing the stuff that you really want to live. Weeds grow so quickly. They tend to grow faster than the plants that they are around. They suck all the nutrients out of the soil. They take the water and they will, they can absolutely surround and kill what you've intended to have there. They are dangerous. And when we water the weeds, we're pouring into the places that we don't want. And so if you think about an example that, that, um, that I could give you is if you were really concerned about something happening and you just spent all of your time and focus on that thing, instead of focusing on what it was that you actually wanted, you would be watering the weeds. So watering the weeds could be saying, oh yeah, I put this presentation together, but uh, I bet that I probably didn't put enough data in there. I'm probably not gonna sound good when I get up there. I probably haven't studied the audience enough to know if it's gonna be good, if it's gonna land well. And if you pour all of the time and attention into all of the things that could go wrong, you're missing the opportunity to focus on the stuff that can help ensure it goes right. Instead of spending your time on this list of everything that could make, that could make you fall short of the expectation that you've set for yourself, you could instead spend five minutes, zip through those things, and then identify an action that you're gonna do instead to make sure that what you deliver is what you expect. So instead of worrying about whether or not you have the right data, you just go get more data. Instead of worrying about whether or not you've studied enough, you go find out who else is gonna be there and what's important to them, and you plan your, your talking points to make sure it reaches the things that are on their mind. You can counter these things, but if you're focused on watering the weeds, that's what's gonna grow. If you focus on watering your plants, that's what will grow, and the weeds will die. You pull them, they will die. And you invest in the stuff that you want to see grow, not the things that you don't. So that's what Shed was about for me. It was I, this identification of the things that I wanted to release, the things I wanted to liberate myself from. And it was a really important shift for me to start thinking in this way. And it would begin the love of affirmations that has become a part of who I am and what I do on a daily basis to really make sure that I am focused on pouring into myself both who I am today and who I want to be tomorrow. Um, and it's incredibly powerful because I'm telling myself stories that really help me lean into the best of who I am, not who I don't want to be. And so... <clears throat> I'm going to share um, some things that um, that I wrote last year around release because I think that this is it's it's helpful 
to think about um, the types of things that you might identify in your life that are creating those limitations or strongholds on you that you may want to let go. Um, and so I will start with my story. So this is Anika's letter to herself, her letter to God, um, to source, to the universe about what was happening. And I think I shared in the, um, in the initial podcast that part of my purpose here is to reach people who very much felt like me. And so this letter is to you and hopefully to inspire you to think about the things that you would like to be liberated from. So as I read it, I'd love for you to envision that these words that I share are falling away from me as they're being released back to the world because they don't belong to me. They don't belong with where I am. I declare I'm broken, hurting, sad, scared, fearful, lonely, misunderstood, mistreated, not heard, not protected, not elevated, not considered, not honored, not loved in the way that I love others, not loved in the way that I want to be loved. I declare that I have sinned and that times have had a dishonest and dishonorable heart, that I'm not always openly vulnerable, that I'm not always openly all of who I am, that I'm not always open to sharing what I want. I pick and choose where I feel safe because all of the past hurt and disappointment exists. And instead of moving forward and making myself safe in where I go in the future, I choose to allow myself to stay where I am. I choose to allow myself to stay in this safe place that's not helping me grow. I could make myself safe if I decided to trust in source. I lift up the pain and the anguish that I've had since childhood. I lift up the terrible things that happened to me like being molested at a very young age. The things that have lingered, that have poisoned my life, my thinking and relationships. I release all of those things to be fully healed. I ask that it never holds me. I release the foothold that it's had on me. I release the relationships that have injured the way I see myself with my family, with loved ones, with my partners. I release the anger and disappointment and frustration and brokenness that were left by the absence of people I loved that I wanted to see me in a way that I saw myself. The moments where I heard from my loved one that I wasn't enough, not good enough for him, not good enough for the world, not good enough for anything. 
I released the messages that I heard that told me I would fail everywhere except in my career. I released when my grades weren't good enough. I release when people said I didn't look good enough. I release the times that I heard my weight instead of my worth. I release the times that I heard that there were things that were done for me out of feeling sorry instead of to celebrate all that I was. I release not feeling prioritized. I release the message of being second. I release the anger that I felt when I was ignored. I release when what I was doing was not considered important or more important than maybe some minuscule things that were critical to people who I loved. I release not being seen. I release attention-seeking behavior. The attention-seeking that I still carry today because I had a need that was not met when I was young. I release sadness for all the times that someone didn't show up for me in the way that I wanted them to, expected them to, or what they committed to. I release even when I asked and they were unable to meet my needs and it made me sad. I chose to feel unseen. I release the thought that by achievement or financial gain that that would make things all better because truly it doesn't. I release the anger and hurt of not having someone stand in the gap for me when there were people who did some terrible things that really hurt me. I release feeling like I was unworthy to be a part of my family. I release the times when I feel like I was an outcast. I release times that my loved one didn't believe in me, didn't fight for me, didn't look to help me. I release times when I saw their pride standing in their way instead of allowing their love for me to lead the way. I release the model of acting like everything is okay. I release the feeling of being not okay to be not okay. Because sometimes you're just not okay. I release the facade that's helped to protect me, hide me, keep me, when what it really kept me from was the glory of all that I am and could become. I release shame and dishonesty and the sentiment of hiding, the model of fear. I release and reject the lessons that are not self-serving. I will no longer follow this model. I will not be these things for myself or model them for my family. Instead, I shift my mind to choose walking in promises that God has made for me. I accept help from above to heal my brokenness. 
today and every day. I accept the model of a loving family. I accept the model of being connected to spirit, through universe, to the collective, to those who really honor and work towards bringing the kingdom of God to life. I accept the lessons of true generosity and the lessons of being there for friends. I accept the model of consistency. I accept love for my work. I accept love for my being, love for who I am. I accept love for me as a child and I accept love from my children. I accept lessons for my loved ones. I accept the godly love that now flows through relationships. I accept that I am me and that all of me is worthy and worth love. And so I share that with you because I, um, because I make a commitment to be vulnerable so that you can hear and see yourself and know that you are seen and heard too because I know that as I share those just genuine sentiments of the places that I've been across my life that you can identify with them, you probably have your own um, pieces that you would release and I hope that this encouraged you to think about those things and to let them go. I've seen exercises where people write them down and they throw them into a, a bowl or a, a, or a can or a sink or what have you and they light them on fire and let them burn out. Um, I've seen places where people attach them to a balloon and release them and let them go. Whatever the action is, just choose to let it go. Liberate yourself. Release because you deserve to be the best of who you are. And when you let it go, a miraculous thing happens. You create space for something new to grow. Let's go back to shed. And I talked about watering the weeds, not watering the weeds, right? And so here's the thing. If you've got a ton of weeds and you start to pull them and you're watering the plants, the plants are growing, they're flourishing. The weeds are not coming back because you've done a great job. You know, you did the weed killer right at the root. You know, you waited the time, whatever. You pulled them out, they're gone. You've not been investing in them, so they're not coming back. Now you've got space to plant something else. And not only do you have the space for it, but the ground is ripe for it because there was something there growing before. It just wasn't what you wanted. Invest in what you want to grow. Plant what you want to see flourish. When you release, you create the space to invest in something new. And so for me, the stories that I told myself about who I was did not serve me. And so when I started to shift those stories, those old stories away, when I said, I'm going to stand in my truth, I'm going to call a thing that is not serving me, say exactly what it is and allow myself to evict it, to get rid of it, to tell it to be gone, then I could now allow those new things to come those new stories about myself to begin to form. I could tell myself things like I am loved, lovable, and loving instead of sitting in this place where I felt like the sometimes, not always, but sometimes the love that I received was just not enough or it wasn't in the way that I needed to be loved. And so I can then call that out 
and identify it for myself. And what I learned across this, this process is that the stories all start with me because there's choices about what you will accept. And those choices help you to frame who you are to yourself first and then to others. So if you've not identified your own worth, it will be really hard for other people to honor it. How can they honor you if you don't honor you? You have to honor yourself first. I had a boss who said that you teach people how to treat you. And I just can remember in this particular moment where she shared it, it probably, it, it, was, it was a moment I was not quite open to hearing the lesson. But I walked away with it and I respected, I respected and believed in her belief in me enough to know that what she gave me was for my good. And I thought about it quite a bit. And what I realized is that she was absolutely right. And she saw some things that I hadn't seen in myself. And so when I started to teach people how to treat me, it changed things. But in order to have the confidence to do it, I had to change the value that I had of myself. And that meant even things like increments of time. How do I value my own time? Because if I value my time, then I teach other people to value my time. So people recognize that when it's time for my day to end, that I've got a responsibility to my family. I have a responsibility to myself and to whatever the other endeavors are that, that are a part of my life. And so when I honor my time, I demonstrate to others that my time is to be valued. And then if they are not valuing them, valuing it, I no longer would bite my tongue to, to not say anything. Instead, I would stand in my truth and say, hey, appreciate this, but here's the thing. Here's how I value my time. And I'd like you to reflect that back to me. It's that easy, but it's difficult for us when we don't see ourselves in this way, when we're not sure that we need to be honored in the way that, that, um, we, sh that we want to, that we want to feel because we don't give it to ourselves first. Most of what you will experience. And I think what I have come to learn is that we spend a lot of time focused on the interactions that we have with other individuals. And many times it's the focus and energy is on the stuff that doesn't go well. It's when it doesn't leave us feeling good. And the reality is those are just, they are just an example of you seeing there, provide a mirror for you of how you're treating yourself. I'm not saying that in every situation that it's always going to be about you, but a good portion of them are. They are your choices to accept things that you should not allow. They are your choices to allow people to demonstrate or to tell you what your value or worth is. They're a reflection of the way that you think and move. There's a choice of how you decide to react. So you have a lot more ownership and decision-making ability about what happens to you, how you feel than you think you do. And when you realize that fact, 
it can shift things. You can begin to release things that don't serve you. And please release them. Because if you don't, you'll be watering the weeds and they will continue to grow and take root and be really stubborn and hard to get out of there. Remember I told you that I started my shed journey in 2017. It's 2021 and I really am just hitting my stride. I am at a place where I now can truly say that I value me and I've let go of so many of those stories that weren't that were not helping me, that were not for my good, that were not helping me to really see myself and helping me to define my worth in a way that really honors the way that God made me. And I'm so grateful for this shift. I'm so grateful for his blessings. I'm so grateful for the opportunities that present themselves in my life. Most importantly, the opportunity to define who I am and what I will and will not accept. It's a beautiful thing to release what is not serving you. And I want to encourage you today to think about the places where you can release things for yourself because it matters. It matters that you hold that you don't hold on to these stories that don't serve you anymore. What are you telling yourself? that truly is not honoring who you were designed to be. Because once you let those things go, oh my goodness, purpose comes into alignment for you. You can see things about yourself that you haven't seen before. You'll have belief in yourself that you've not experienced. You'll trust yourself to try things that you've been holding yourself back from for fear of failure. You let go of the things that are not propelling you forward and replace them with the energy, the jet fuel, the belief that you can do anything. And that is shifting all of what your potential is to movement forward. That potential starts to become an action and then you're on your path to purpose. So what will you release today? You know, I, I like to have a gratitude moment and today's gratitude moment is all about journaling. Gratitude for having a beautiful journal. And when I say a beautiful journal, it's beautiful because of what you pour into it, what you tell yourself about who you truly are how you're feeling, what you're thankful for, what challenges are ahead, what challenges you've overcome. Using a journal is such a great way for you to chronicle your progress. And so having the having a journal is a great place for you to start with what you will release. You can use the first couple of pages when you crack open that new journal to do exactly what I read to you earlier and talk about the things that you're releasing that no longer serve you. And when you get in those moments, those lulls, those valleys, flip that journal back open to that page and ask yourself the question, have I released these things? They should no longer have a stronghold on you if you've released them, if you've let them go, if you've truly 
let it go. And when you let it go, you create the space for something new to grow. So as you allow your feelings, hopes, aspirations, ideas to pour out on the other pages of your journal, you're creating the space for that new ideation to happen. And that is the sweet spot. That is the place where you start to really turn, tap into who you were intended to be. So today's gratitude moment goes out to journaling. If you don't journal, please consider. Um, there's so many different ways to journal too. You can bullet journal, you can, you can audio journal for yourself. Um, you can, you can journal through sending yourself love letters via email. You can record yourself in your computer. You can, there's so many ways to chronicle the experiences and the growth that you have in your life. But there's nothing more important than being able to periodically take a look back and see from whence you came. Because let me tell you, you got a lot left to do in this lifetime. And the motivation comes from seeing what you've already come through. It's in those moments where you've got to tap into that self-determination that I'm going to try again tomorrow. Remember those, remember those, those, uh, um, successories. I used to love those quotes. And there was one that the perseverance was the small voice saying, I'll try again tomorrow. I love that. Um, and so when you've got that small voice saying, I'll try again tomorrow, it's helpful to be able to look back and remind yourself of who you were and how you've already had so many things that you've overcome. When you think about the list that I read to you, I've clearly had some things that I've had to overcome in my lifetime. I've had some things that I've had to release and let go. And I'm so glad I did because I've allowed myself the space to grow some things new that are the most amazing things that have happened to me. And so what will you grow? What will you nurture? What will you pour into? And how will you create the space for it by release? What are the things that you are most excited about in your future? What is it that God has called you to do? What purpose is it that's sitting on your heart, that's connected to the universe, that's a part of the collective, that's a part of, that, that connects you to feeling like you are part of something bigger than yourself? And if you feel like you don't have space for that today, then I would ask you, what can you release? What's no longer serving you? And let it go. So I hope you have enjoyed our conversation today about release. Liberate yourself from the things of old. It is time. It is time for release. It is time for shed. You're welcome to use shed if it works for you. You're welcome to create your own word and, and craft your own release. But do the work to let things go that are standing in the way of being your best you and living your best life. This has been the Remarkable Orator, and I am your host, Anika Apple. And I am so grateful that you've spent the time with me today. And I hope that this has been a remarkable experience because I do think that when you decide to release, you're gonna create the space for your remarkable journey and remarkable stories to begin. I hope you'll join me again next week.